Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, where we talk all things Georgia football recruiting here with the UGA Sports recruiting staff. It's myself and Jed May here, and Trent Smallwood will be with us here shortly. Um, Jed, recruiting never stops, and it was another busy weekend with some high-profile guys. We're going to talk about you know, we're going to talk about James Smith. We're going to talk about Julian Sayan. We're going to talk about guys committed elsewhere that showed up. But first of all, man, how was your weekend? And uh, just kind of fill anybody in on some some little tidbits that we're going to talk about here to start off with. Yeah, going good. We had some guys, uh, you know, George had some guys into town this weekend. Like you said, some guys, some really intriguing names and intriguing positions. We had uh, a few guys get some offers this weekend. Some of them have been coming for a while. And um, yeah, it's like you said, recruiting never stops, and it's you know six months or whatever till uh, five months till the season kicks off. But we're, we're right in the thick of it in the recruiting world right now. Yeah, I know that this weekend may not be as big. A lot of golfers on that Georgia football staff. So with it being uh, with it being Masters weekend, I don't think you'll see as busy of a weekend there in Athens uh, this uh, this weekend. But they'll be gearing up for G Day. I know there's already been some guys uh, reaching out to me saying they. They, uh, they could end up popping in on G-Day. So we'll be talking about some of those visitors and, and things along that, that along those lines. But James Smith uh, was one of the bigger um, visitors. He, is, he was formerly of IMG Academy. And now he's uh, at Carver High School in Montgomery. He trains with Madhouse Training. Four-star defensive lineman that is – Got potential to be a five star before the class is over with. As Trent joins us, Trent, how you doing, man? Good. What's going on? Uh, talking a little James Smith here as we get get rolling, and we got uh, some of these big name guys that have, have joined in. But Trent, I was just saying that James Smith right now is a guy that he's north of that three ten that he's listed at. He's probably you know six four uh, between more more so between three twenty five and three thirty five but moves like he's a guy that's 295. I mean, he, he can, he's very quick, uh, very versatile. So we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about him. He came for another visit, and he's got to talk to Kirby Smart and Chuck Sh- – uh, I almost said Chuck Schumer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking politics here. So uh, Schumann, uh, Chuck Schumann uh, over there, the co-defensive coordinator. So he's talked to them a lot. He's talked to Trey Scott a lot. Um, so, but now he got to see Trey Scott coach up in person right there. Good to run the guys through the drills. You've been around doing this a long time. What, what is that? Uh, what's kind of the takeaway you get from guys when they see Georgia practice for the first time? I think it's a big plus because you get to know a coach as a person, just, uh, I mean, as what they are off the field, but it's important to get to know uh, how they're going to be, how they're going to coach you on the field. I mean, they can tell you a lot of stuff when they're sitting in a film room or, or all that stuff, but to actually see them in action is, is big because I mean, that, that could be you the following year um, going through those drills under him. So just kind of see how these, those, uh, those kids are being coached and uh, you know, just seeing, just seeing, you know, his philosophy uh, on the field and, and stuff like that. It, it's big. 
Yeah, and and James is a guy that he is laser focused. He's a he's a hard guy to get a hold of. I'll I'll tell you that. Uh, I actually had a conversation with James this morning at six oh seven Central Time. So that young man is uh, handling the recruit recruitment around the clock. So that was a uh, I was very interesting getting a, a call that early in, in the morning back. But James is a a, a young man that is laser focus like i said he went to img and jed a lot of times when those guys go to img um now he's back at carver now but when you, you go to img you're really uh investing in the future so to speak these are guys who are very long-term oriented when they go to get that experience at img academy exactly and and you look at the success georgia's had getting guys out of there in recent years i mean just this past class bear alexander was there dalen everett was there um you know, Nolan Smith was down there for a while. I mean, Georgia has – Xavier, Xavier Smory and Smile Mondon, I believe, were both there, if I'm yep. not mistaken. So, Georgia has recruited whatever it is. And it's funny because, like you mentioned, Blaine, it's not like it's just a high school. It's they get guys from all over the country. So, Georgia's – for whatever reason, Georgia's recruited IMG really well. And, and um, you know, with James Smith and some of these other guys in the 23 class, they're looking to keep that going. Yeah, and like I said, he he's back at Carver now, but he went there for a year and trained hard and learned kind of that that work ethic there underneath the IMG guys, and now he's back uh, with his teammate uh, Quay Russaw, who was supposed to visit Georgia, couldn't get the logistics of that lined up, so he uh, he ended up staying close to home, did a Auburn visit. He's going to hit Georgia either later on in April or in May. Uh, over there, he tells me. But James Smith is a guy who Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, I mean, he's wide open right now, but those three are really hard uh, after him, really recruiting him the the hardest, I would I would venture to say, at this certain point. Um, and Georgia's looking for those guys that can dominate up front, especially uh, with, you know, as much as they, they're losing in this draft class. And, uh, you know, you got to reload. And even though it's a year separation uh, – they would love to have James Smith on board. And, Jed, we also had a five-star quarterback in the class of 2024 in town. You talked to Julian Sayan. Um, what was the latest out of saying the five-star 2024 gunslinger? I'm going to start with this. The next person that makes a Sayan pun on our message board is getting banned. <laughs> I don't have the power to do that, but I'm going to make it happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's one of those guys that I think on, you know, on, on, on our rankings, we have a pro style and and dual threat. I think pro style, there's like a pro style modern, right? There's the guys that like to throw from the pocket. But with how quarterbacks are nowadays, guys need to be able to make plays with their feet, even if it's just extending plays. And, and I think Julian Sayan fits that mold. He spent a lot of time uh, with Todd Munkin Friday and Saturday, watched the scrimmage, all that kind of stuff. He, he really likes the pro style offense um, at Georgians. And you look at the schools that are really um, – you know, standing out to him is Georgia, Texas, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Those are all schools that run more of the traditional um, pro-style offense. It's not like the Oklahomas or the, you know, you know schools like that. So um, it was a great visit. Georgia, he, you know, he came out here for a game. He got offered last summer. And um, this visit really sort of cemented Georgia's place in that, uh, you know, top echelon right now. Yeah, and Trent, I mean, I think that's a common, common deal when guys see Todd Munkin's offense uh they they see you know you hear the all the negative recruiting i think when they come around uh saying oh well georgia's just handing the ball off a lot of running back stuff but then they get to see 
the offense up close and personal, and and especially with saying being in town for that visit uh, during that scrimmage, it seemed like Georgia aired it out a lot from reports that that we heard. So I think that there's definitely a kind of some misinformation out there because Georgia, when you look at it, they're as balanced as they come. I think Brent was telling us the other day, Brent Rollins was telling us when it's uh, non-garbage time, Georgia's as balanced as anybody in the country. I mean, what are your you know thoughts on these these quarterbacks that come and maybe have one, one perception of Georgia leading in and then come away with different opinions? Yeah, I think that's kind of the negative recruitment around Georgia still, uh, and, and it goes back to – I guess 2017, um, that year where they they probably did run it 60, 70 percent of the time, and were effective running it. They had they had all the tools. Uh, that that was the way their offense was kind of built up, and um, you saw what they did to Oklahoma and the and the Rose Bowl and stuff like that. But they've kind of got that, I guess, uh, um, reputation of being an all run team, and that's not not necessarily what they've been under uh, Munkin. I mean, it, it's it's basically a 50-50 uh, um, run pass. And, you know, a lot a lot of that is uh, – you, you said about garbage time. Georgia's going to get – you know, they're, they're going to go back and look at the stats. And they're going to say, well, they rushed it 45 times and they only threw it 30. But in the fourth quarter, they didn't throw a pass and they had 18 rushes. So I think a lot of that uh, is, is what Georgia had to do in uh, 2021 when um, – they were beating beating the brakes off everybody in the fourth quarter, but I think when you come and, and you and you listen to, to Todd talk and listen to what he's wanting to do, uh, I mean, you saw what the offense was kind of like, um, you know, when, when when Bennett wasn't the quarterback, and you saw more pass than it was run. Now then he brought a run style quarterback in there. Now it kind of evened out with RPO stuff and stuff like that. So I, I think he, what he what he wants is a guy who can you know pro style, whatever, whatever he looks at, but he won't that can be a threat, be a threat in the running game. And, uh, and it, it just opens up the running game and it opens up the RPOs. And I, I think the whole George is just a running team is, is, you know, it, that's, that's kind of like one of those 1980 jokes. No, it's not, not really, it, it's not really uh, what Georgia is. So, yeah. I agree, and 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 we're we'll having more questions on the quarterback situation when we get to our vault questions here. But you can see with this film, we got up a Julian saying who's a 2024 five-star quarterback out of Carlsbad, California. Uh, really can can deliver the ball, great accuracy down the field, uh, navigates the pocket, pushes up in the pocket. That's something a lot of high school guys uh, they they try to escape uh, you know out the back and create bad habits. But being able to navigate, trust the pocket move up in it and deliver the ball in time and in tight windows. Uh, that's something that, that is good to see out of any kind of high school quarterback that, that you're, you're recruiting. And Georgia has put – and you can see right here saying can, can move, get out of the pocket when he needs to. Um, but any 2024 quarterback, any other quarterback – you're looking for those 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 fundamentals, right? At the the being able to have good footwork, the being able to read defenses, which these guys are able to do earlier and earlier through all these training that they do from ten years old on up. I mean, they're 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 out there uh, with these quarterback coaches and things like that. And Julian saying is one of the guys in the 2024 class, Jed. That I would say when you add in Dylan Raiola and and uh, Davis. Uh, Man, uh, Braden, Braden Davis. Um, when they, when you add in those those two, then those are two of the the ones that 
they're most invested in, I think Julian Sane would be thrown right into that mix of, of the 2024 guys. Jaden Davis. Jaden uh, Davis, not Jayden Braden Davis. Davis. My bad. Yeah, um, Jaden Davis. I lost his first there's, name there. There's uh, there's Jaden Bradford too out of out of IMG. There's there's CJ Carr out of Michigan. But yeah, you look at the top, the, the top echelon of those quarterbacks. I definitely think it's Riola, maybe Riola one A and and saying one B, um, in that group and and maybe saying or I can't even talk now. Jaden uh, Davis. Davis, right Davis. <laughs> yeah, I think those three are all really right there, uh, together at the top. But obviously, there's going to be a lot. Um, a lot in that class is going to ride on what one ends up happening with Arch Manning, obviously in this twenty three. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was going to say. It, it, we're we're really going to see what happens with that twenty twenty four quarterback spot when we figure out what goes on with Arch Manning, right? Because somebody's either going to have to say, "Hey, I'm not afraid to go in there and compete with a name like an Arch Manning," or what happens if Georgia misses on Arch Manning? Do they even elect to go after a quarterback in the? class of 2023 or do they say hey we'll we'll take what comes maybe utilize the portal if we need to and then uh you know really go all in on a guy like a dylan roll or go all in on a on a uh saying you know that that kind of deal to make sure the quarterback in the future is because you do have guys there you know vandergriff beck uh stockton that that obviously georgia feels good about or they wouldn't be on the roster so um, even though they set some minutes, probably going to end up being the, the starter again, in my opinion. You know, they, they feel good about those guys. Now the question is, do, do one of those guys leave? But, uh, Trent, you got something to add to that? Yeah, I think the ideal situation would, would be able to land, you know, an Arch Manning in 23, not have to go after a, a, a big name in 24, and then uh, you got Antoine Hill in 25. I think that would be yeah. the ideal situation, get some class separation, and that would uh, – uh, really help things there. Yeah, Antoine Hill and uh, Colin Hurley mm-hmm. in April and in May. He's a 2025 quarterback out of the uh, out of Trinity Christian there in Jackson. He's visited multiple times last year in both August and in October. So you know this is a this is a thing that where Georgia's planning out several years in advance at this quarterback position and and got their uh, fingers in a lot of these recruitments so definitely something to keep your eye on there and then something i thought was interesting guys and we can also talk about any other takeaways from the weekend was i hadn't heard much about anthony evans uh, out of converse texas before he showed up this weekend for a visit at georgia and ends up walking away with an offer this is a young man who has a verified four three six laser timed forty run uh, ran the the hundred meter this couple weeks ago for the first time since he was a ninth grader and ran a ten six, uh, which is you know that's picking him up and putting him down. And Brian McLennan and Todd Munkin got in touch with him. He trains with Quincy Carter out in Texas, and Quincy Carter was just happened to be there this weekend well evans for the scrimmage evans was there as well so quincy carter uh already he's recruiting for his old uh former teammate kirby smart there he's over there over there recruiting for the dogs so you know it's very uh very interesting to see quincy kind of be back around and and be involved but one of his trainees and a guy who anthony evans is a arkansas commit like i said and walked away with that georgia offer his mom is a native of savannah georgia 
uh, the young man actually told me that his mom was like dancing in Todd Munkin's office after he got the offer. So, you know, hey, she, she's excited about him, but uh, be, uh, getting that offer from the Georgia Bulldogs. But that kind of speed, Trent, I mean, that seems to be the common denominator with Brian McClendon and the guys he's going after. Definitely. I mean, and coming from an offense like Oregon, yes, that's what you're recruiting. You're recruiting all speed because that's what you want in that type of offense. And, and, um, but that's one of the things that you, you can't really, uh, I guess, coach is, is speed. I mean, you get, you got, uh, guys like Arian Smith. I mean, if he could stay healthy, he'd probably be Georgia's leading receiver just the way he can, you know, go deep. And, uh, then you got CJ Smith coming in who, uh, I guess he's there. Is he there? He yeah, there. He, he's there, and he and that that's another thing is uh, this Anthony Evans. He plans on running track in in college, and that's something that's not foreign to Georgia. With Miko Hardman having done it, uh, Arian Smith does it, and then C.J. Smith is going to do it for Georgia as well. So the track guys, it seems to be a comfortable environment for wide receivers slash track guys uh, to come to UGA. Yeah, and it, all you, I mean, football wise, you need one or two of those guys to work out. I mean, you can recruit four or five of them, but you need one or two of them to work out. And then you got your, you know, uh, I guess, uh, like, like Al or Devonte Smith and those guys like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that you just keep recruiting that speed, that speed. And then, you know, you're going to hit on, you're going to hit on a few of them where, uh, they're not just track guys they're football players too. I can't remember. Did Isaiah McKenzie run track when he was at, at Georgia? Did he, did he end up doing any track while he was there? I don't. I know he. I, I know he. I mean, he's still playing. So yeah. you know, so the 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 wide receiver people don't think of wide receivers at, at at Georgia and things like that in terms of. I know obviously George Pickens has a chance, but when you go back and look at it, there's a lot of guys who have been in the league. They've had success in the league. Miko, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, guys like that that are that are you know making names for themselves. So and that's one thing that Anthony Evans. Uh, pointed out he said not only is his mom from georgia not only is he quincy carter his trainer but you know he looks at the success that georgia's had and the success in having guys that are uh, multiple sport athletes like that so something to keep an eye on there with anthony evans Nicole's role just got a lot bigger too so i mean no, ain't no doubt no doubt with uh tyke having having a uh, jump ship to miami so and trent i last last thing before we go to questions you went to a showcase this weekend, right? Anything stand out from the showcase? And I know there's some younger guys over there, but anything uh, stand out that people may need to know about on the showcase? No, I mean, not, nothing really Georgia-related. There was just a bunch of guys that, you know, 25 uh, kids that, you know, you, you look them up and they don't have no rivals profile. And and, uh, and just some, some kids to monitor just, you know, going into uh, this fall, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of kids out there that ran four four forties, uh, and they were actually tying them out there, and and uh, a couple of good looking kids. But the, you know, th these are the type of uh, camps, I guess, that you go to, and you're not really expecting to talk to anybody uh, about Georgia, really. But you're kind of looking for that for for those kids that are like, golly, he's been overlooked, you know, with this COVID situation and all this stuff. And uh, so th there was a couple of kids that stood out. I'm going to post some notes on the vault, on the vault. I have uh, some notes listed out, but there's a, there's a couple 25 kids that, that look really good that don't have rivals profiles that I, I told them I'm going to get them a rivals profile and, uh, and something to look forward to. 
Absolutely. So we will have those coming forward. It's on the, uh, that's another reason to be on the vault. You hear about some of these young guys uh, early on in, in recruitment before they blow up. So if you are watching right now on YouTube, go ahead and put in comments, questions, anything you want us to talk about here on Georgia football recruiting, we will absolutely do so. So we'd be happy to answer those comments and questions. So go ahead and drop them in and we'll do so. We're going to start, Jed, though, with our friend Scuffletown Dog from the vault. He came uh, loaded for bear, man. A lot of questions and not just recruiting as well. So go ahead and read off what Scuffletown had to say. Yeah, Senior Scuff, uh, starting off, does Stetson start? Who is the number two quarterback now? And then on the recruiting front, could this be Kirby's best class of 2023? And then Deuce, Deuce Robinson tied in, was there this weekend. Any news on his visit? So we'll start off with the first one. Does Stetson start? I think quite simply the answer is yes. I think that uh, it's just not that not that there's not going to be competition, but it's just hard for me to fathom that Stetson would be the guy that, that they put all that trust in and, and, and kind of sweat equity in, so to speak, throughout the national championship run unless he just totally self-destructs and does does stuff that is uh even more you know risky and puts himself in in trouble uh in terms of decision making that would be the thing right there trent who in your estimation who would you say is the the number two guy right now i mean uh (laughs) <laughs> I don't really know because uh, I think they're giving Beck and Vandegrift and I guess talking to, uh, you know, the equal reps this, this spring. And, and, and you're, you you kind of want to see what you have in those guys. You, you've, you know, you, you've had two other quarterbacks on campus and you, you've had, you know what you're getting uh, uh, with what you have now, basically what you, uh, so you, you want to, you want to see what you have in Vandegrift. You want to see what you have in Beck. I think Stetson's going to be the quarterback, but, but, you have to have a number two guy. Last year, it was important to have a number two guy. Who is that number two guy? I think, you know, probably Carson Beck has the leg up, but I think Vandergriff, uh, uh, you know, Beck had the leg up last year as well and wasn't able to, uh, you know, to do it. So I, I think I think spring will play a big role in, uh, you know, them working with number ones. You know, I think I think it's just the thing where they know what they got with, with Stetson. Who's the better quarterback? Who's going to be able to uh, to replace Stetson if Stetson gets hurt? And uh, and and you know, I think I think that guy could be Brock, but that that's a uh, I guess we'll we'll wait and see after spring and see where where everything is on the pecking order. Well, tying it into recruiting, right? I think that you what you have to look for is everybody may be saying you know singing kumbaya and saying everything's great right now, but if one of those guys. In my opinion, if one of those guys doesn't get over that hump and make that push and, 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 you know, make that move to number one with spring, once it spring, you know, G day comes and goes, one of them is going to look at moving in, in the portal. I mean, that's just the nature, nature of it. I just don't see them all three. If, if they, if they all three sit there and they're content to, to wait another year, then guess what? They're, more high character guys than, than most out there and more patient than most out there in the college football world today. But that's just not how it is today. And, and who blame, who would blame the guys if they did, because you go, there's only one quarterback on the field and you go to college as a high profile, you know, recruit 
to play. I mean, you go you go there to play, and if that opportunity is not there, then they may go somewhere else. But especially a guy like Carson Beck. I mean, th- this is a guy going into his third year. Uh, you know, Vandergriff's going into his second year. Stockton's going into his first. A little different with those guys because I guess one of them's a true freshman, one of them's a redshirt freshman. But you're looking at uh, Carson Beck going to his third year, maybe not playing until after his third year if he gets on the field. So I think if if he falls falls below, um, you know, Vandergriff on the on the depth chart, or you know, if, if he's told that Vandergriff's going to be the backup quarterback, I think you'll see Carson Beck move on because his time's running out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, like you said, it would be the fourth year on campus before he would get to play if something unforeseen happens. Now, you know, nobody thought that, you know, anything could happen in football. Nobody thought, you know, Jacob, uh, Jake Fromm was going to play play that year either uh, when, when Jacob Beeson went down to the Appalachian State game. So you never know what's going to happen. And that's the point, I think, of Scuffle Dogs, uh, Scuffle Ton Dogs question is, that number two is important because you're one play away, especially with a guy like Stetson Bennett if he turns out being the number one again because he likes to run and he's not the biggest of stature. And then, you know, you take hits in the SEC and that, that happens uh, with, with, with lots of people. But that's, uh, that's why I think the the coaching staffs put a big focus on that this in the spring. You know, they like I said, they know what they got with Stetson. Let's, let's let the other twos run with the, with, the, with the ones a good bit and see what we have. And, uh, and and get somebody ready because they need somebody ready because they, they they know one of those guys are going to have to you know come in if and when Stetson uh, does get banged up. Jed, uh, the third part of that question was overall: Could this be Kirby's best class in twenty twenty three? You've kind of been there, seeing these this class kind of develop and the guys that could be there. I think it could be a Really good class and a class that that is uh, definitely top three. But Kirby's had some several number one classes overall uh, in in his tenure year. I don't know if that that has a real realistic chance to be the best one overall. I guess it depends on what happens with guys like Arch Manning, uh, Justice Haynes, and Richard Young. Yeah, it, it's so early to to make those kind of guesses. But any any discussion of this being Kirby's best class would end right if Georgia misses on Arch Manning. Uh, I feel like, but I mean, overall, maybe, but the you look at the defensive class they signed last year, and it's just from a defensive standpoint, it's hard to imagine um, any any defensive, especially in that defensive secondary, uh, imagine what they did in 2022. But it, and nothing's possible. Nothing's impossible, I should say. Um, I feel like it, they would also have to land one of these top flight receivers, like a Hakeem Williams, a Brandon Ennis, somehow. Um, for, for that discussion to take place too, but you never know. I mean, like I said, it's, it's still only April was April 4th, not even April 5th. So there's still a long way to go, but it's, it's definitely possible. And we'll just have to see uh, how everything shakes out. Yeah, and uh, Brian Spann on YouTube, I see your question. We're going to get to it here in just a second, but like my point I wanted to make on it is that 2018 class alone. I mean, when you go off and read those names, Amir White, Justin Fields, Adam Anderson, James Cook, Brenton Cox, Cade Mays, Jamari Sawyer, Tyson Campbell, Chris Smith, Warren Erickson, John Fitzpatrick, Aziz Ojolari, Karis Jackson, Jordan Davis, Trey Hill, Nadab uh, Joseph, Devod Wilson, Devontae White, Channing Tindall, Luke Ford, Quay Walker, Otis Reese, Tommy Bush, Jake Camarda, Owen Conan, and Tremel Wathor. Several guys still playing there. I mean, but that's a that's an unbelievable class. Just, just you're just reading up the names. I'm, you know, I'm saying in my head, Ole Miss. All these kids. Yeah. Have, <laughs> I mean, half of those kids are transferred. Devon Wilson. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, they, not all of them ended up, but just the 
when you talk about it just as a class, that's I can, an unbelievable I can see, class. I can see that happening with this Texas A&M class. Uh, you know, with the they they have a lot of guys transfer out eventually, um, and I can see that same thing happen with this Texas A&M class when they're not when they don't have the uh, the playing time they they're wanting. Nature of the beast, for sure. Here from the YouTube, Brian Spann, which other SEC East team is making the most waves in recruiting? Is there one UGA rival who is showing an ability to challenge the dogs? I'll say this early on, uh, and thank you, Brian, for the, for, for the question. Early on, I think the the reviews on uh, Brian Napier are really are, – are on not Brian Napier – on uh on Napier in, in in Florida, man, I don't know what I'm doing with the first names. I've I've <laughs> lost it, lost it. What is Napier's first name? Billy I don't Napier. know. Napier, Billy, Billy, Billy Ball. I, I said Brian. I said Brian because Brian asks the question. Uh, Billy Napier in Florida. Um, I think the the reviews are really good. That Florida collective that they have going on is strong in the NIL game. Hypel, of course, the Tennessee collective must be doing some good stuff over there with that eight million dollar deal to to Nico Imaliva. And then today, just today, Mark Stoops hired Texas A and M's. Uh, director of on-campus recruiting away from them. So I think everybody in the SEC East of those three teams that actually have a shot, I don't even know if we count Missouri and Vandy as SEC teams anymore. Like, Have they been kicked out yet? But, I mean, you know, when when you're talking about SEC – and then Beamer's trying to do what he can, He but he's utilizing the transfer portal a lot more than those other guys. I think Tennessee, Kentucky, and Florida are all kind of competing for that backup uh, – backup mantle you know there to georgia as who can challenge them trent i think florida it florida's definitely it, it kind of reminds me of a lot of other teams um I, tennessee when they just hired jeremy pruitt um just that you're the new kid on the block that i guess you're the pretty kid and the uh you're the new kid and you're you know you, you look good now but what's gonna happen when the season comes are you going to be able to 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 show on field what you're preaching uh, on the recruiting trail um, I, th- I think uh, a lot will be a lot can shift between now and the fall, similar to the way it did at Tennessee that year. And uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they what kind of team they can put on the field um, this fall. But they're definitely a team that is uh, uh, you know making waves right now on the recruiting trail. They they lead for a lot of guys, but a lot of guys are are not going to. Uh, so you're saying nothing. you're saying if Florida loses to Utah and Kentucky to open up the season, it's going to hurt their recruiting. Is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying when they go five and seven, it's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they when they open up when they open up one and three to losing to to Utah, Kentucky at home, beating USF, and then losing to losing to Tennessee and Knoxville because I think that's I could, that's totally realistic for Florida to start Definitely. the season. I looked at their schedule the other day. They could legit start off like two and four or something like that. Jed, the, the last question part of, uh, you know, the question from Scuffletown was Deuce Robinson. I haven't heard a whole lot out of the, the visit from Deuce Robinson, but I would just say this. I think that if you're going to add a third tight end in this class, it's totally contingent upon there being – movement in the in the portal away from from georgia and that's just hard to gauge right now because darnell washington is the one guy that people talk about in that manner and he's hurt right now so who even knows what could go on yeah it seems like the deuce robinson thing is one of like you say it doesn't seem like georgia's because they've already got pierce sperlin and um 
and Lawson Lucky committed in the 23 class. So if a Darnell Washington was to leave, then I think you see the heat turned up a lot more on, on Deuce Robinson just because all of a sudden it becomes that much more likely that they take a third tight end. So I think right now I think this is just maintaining those visits or maintaining those relationships. But, um, but yeah, it, it could be one of those things. They really turn up the heat of Darnell Washington or somebody else were to leave. And that uh, classic city collective and NIL money from Georgia is going to have to be pretty strong. They're trying to compete with that baseball money, baseball money, baseball teams got deep pockets. Ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. You, you're going to, uh, you're going to have to beat some signing bonuses for sure. But uh, uh, Justice it, it, Haynes, maybe, for, maybe as well. Like I was talking to uh, people close to the Justice Haynes situation. This summer is huge for him. Uh, like he, he's, he's left-handed pitcher and a really good, you know, speedy uh, guy that, that on the base pass has, can has a little pop in his bat and he's throwing upwards of 90. He's, he's touching 92, 93 sometimes from the left-hand side with a good curveball. I mean, uh, that's <laughs> that's hard to compete with. If he has a big summer on his travel team, he could legitimately end up playing professional baseball and not football at all. Yeah, and that's what, you know, I, I talked about uh, Dylan Lonegren. He's a heck of a baseball player too, but he he didn't play much summer baseball last year, and I'm not sure what his plans are this summer. So we'll see kind of see where the focus is because he's another guy that if he could have a big summer in baseball, he might not ever see football if, if he wanted to go that route. Absolutely. Now, one thing that is interesting uh, in speaking to Dylan Lonergan's dad uh, a few months ago, he said that the NIL situation actually makes being a dual sport athlete in college more attractive to him just because that gives you double the marketability there in college and, and puts you in a unique spot over some other guys uh, possibly to do some things. So that that's one thing to keep an eye on as well. Jed, uh, PA Dog 610, uh, one of our one of our loyal questioners from the from the vault has a has a question for us. Absolutely, here. PA dog. Does does Georgia have a legitimate shot at Vic Burley? I know he has close ties with Clemson. What position do you see him at with UGA if he chooses to be in Athens? So Vic Burley's in that two eighty five to two ninety you know range, and but he's he's long, uh, carries that weight well, has good leverage, so he could end up being anything. I think Trent from a a three technique to a five technique, depending on how he develops at the at the next level. I don't think you're going to see him eat his way into being a nose nose guard or a zero, but I think anywhere from that outside shade of the the guard to to maybe an end on some heavier personnel sets could be that the the case for him. Yeah, he's a little bit heavier, kind of. Uh is in the mold of uh Trayvon Walker um, can, can play the five mm-hmm. uh, maybe slide inside on, uh, on passing downs, but I, you know, I, maybe in I a Malik Herring type role. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Malik played a lot of, uh, a lot of five slid into the, uh, the three every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think he's that type guy. You're not going to see him at uh, standing up outside linebacker. You're not going to see him at nose, but he's definitely uh um, yeah, one of those one of those five or uh, three or five technique type guys that that I mean, and he's good. I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm yeah. sure uh, you know Clemson's after him hard. I'm sure they're recruiting him as uh, the four three defensive end. Yeah, now being a Warner Robins guy, you know that that Georgia with the the ties they have in South Georgia are going to really really do the 
best best job they possibly can of trying to keep him in state. But uh, obviously, he does have those Clemson ties, and it, it will be, I think, kind of a toss up between those. But I wouldn't count out, you know, other schools, Alabama, and other schools. I mean, that's one that I think is going to take well into the latter parts of his recruitment to be resolved. This is another one that I think the draft's going. Uh, you know, Georgia can use the draft really well here because you know yeah. you got Trayvon Walker going, which would probably be his position in college. And and you also have two other guys going that, that play that not necessarily Jordan Davis, but uh, uh, Devante, um, you got him going and, and, you know, he plays the three a good bit. So um, uh, this, this draft's big in a lot of ways and, uh, and recruiting is definitely one of them. Yeah. I think the last uh, one of some of the mock drafts I saw today had five Georgia Bulldogs going in the, in the first round. So definitely going to be something uh, interesting to, to keep your eye on. Got a YouTube question here from Martin Arenado or Ardano. Sorry if I mispronounced that there one impact rookie slash freshman on each side of the ball for uh, 2022. You know, Trent, when I talk, when I think about a, a, a freshman, I guess rookie means somebody who didn't play last year, so uh, didn't play meaningful snaps last year. I think when you talk about a guy who showed some flashes last year, but is this is going to be his first year really in the fire? I think Jamon Dumas Johnson on defense is a guy that that you got to look at. That he's going to be the next great G- Georgia linebacker, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think. Uh, not only him, as I think uh, Munden will be there right, uh, right there as well. I think Munden's going to be really good. I think that's going to be uh, an excellent tandem for, for the next couple of years. And Xavier, uh, sorry, too. I mean, the, the yeah. trio of those guys are really good. And, and Xavier's a guy that you can move from the inside to the out. And, uh, I mean, you can play him at both. But uh, but also look at those defensive backs uh, that Georgia just signed. I think, you know, you could have two of them uh, starting this coming class, maybe – uh, I think I think William Poole and those guys coming back kind of uh, put it where Georgia is not going to have to force some guys in. But uh, I think there's going to be a couple guys to earn it before it's all said and done. Um, you might see Malachi Starks at safety. You might see, uh, um, I mean, Singletary at corner. I mean, there's just a, a, a bunch and, of guys. And, and the second year guys that didn't put like a Kamari Lasseter could be huge too. But um, Jed, you know, who – Who's, I know you got some contenders like, you know, Branson Robinson and Oscar Delp on the off, offensive side. Jackson Meeks is a second-year guy who's, who's making some plays apparently in the scrimmages. Who, who maybe stands out the most to you as an offensive guy who could be most impactful in their first meaningful action there at Georgia? Yeah, looking at two guys, I mean, Jackson Meeks is one. He looks really good in the practices. We've seen he made uh, some nice plays in the scrimmage we were hearing the other day. Another one of those big – with the departure of George Pickens, you know, he's a big physical guy um, on the outside that could, you know, win jump balls and, and be a red zone threat, that type of thing. And then Branson Robinson, we've all seen the pictures of that guy. I mean, he's, he's a, a freak athlete coming in. And you look back to 2017 when Georgia had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, and every now and then they put DeAndre Swift in and he'd get like three to five carries a game and he would, he'd make the most out of those carries. So I think Branson Robinson could be a guy um, that fights for that kind of role and only gets a few carries every game just to spell those other guys, but he makes the most with those carries and then setting up into the, uh, the 2023 season where he, you know, really starts to take over more of the load. I think the biggest impact guy on offense, and it's a guy who hasn't played due to an injury is Tate Routledge. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was going to start last year as a redshirt freshman. And uh, I mean, he was, got hurt first game, didn't see him the rest of the season. And I think that uh, 
I mean, he's going to come in and immediately fill a void at uh, at guard. And, and Dev, uh, Devin Willick too. Devin Devin Willick could be huge. I mean, he big guy that I mean, massive guy. <laughs> and yeah, and I really think it's kind of uh, it, he's he's not going to uh, um, Michael is not going to get as much. Uh, thought about uh, just due to Nolan and uh, Robert Bill coming back, but I can see Michael in a uh, in a Marvin role. Jones. Uh, Michael and Marvin um, in a in a in a role just like Adam Anderson was his freshman year, just rushing the passer. I mean, just mercenary. Coming, just you're go coming, in and kill the quarterback. You're coming in on third down with fresh leg. Just kill somebody, and uh, Absolutely. and I can I can see those guys uh, building up the sack numbers. Yeah, that, that, I think I, I think Marvin Jones and Mike Keller are uh, tremendous. Like Jed Jed said it earlier, this defensive stat, this defensive class that they brought in the class of twenty twenty two, it's going to be hard to beat no matter what they pull in in the class of twenty twenty three. In my opinion, uh, and stacks right up there. Even though they finished third overall, you're talking about a Texas A and M class that was unprecedented. Uh, I mean, oil money on top of oil money being dropped over there so we'll uh we'll see what ends up happening like trent said it's going to be interesting to see how many of those guys finish their career in college station um what's up dog says the arch would be great on broad street is that wishful thinking so our weekly arch manning question a lot of people saying uh you know arch manning's gone he's going to going to alabama all that kind of stuff but then some people some of those same people were saying the same thing after he visited Texas. <laughs> so I think you have to really, really take all of the, the post visit uh, drama with a grain of salt and really look at who's been maybe the most consistent in the recruitment. I think Georgia's right up there with anybody in terms of how the recruitment of Arch Manning has played out. Like I said, any, any post visit with the Manning family, they're going to get, they're, they're not going to come away and be like, huh, the visit was okay. You know, it was whatever. Uh, I mean, they're going to, they're going to give a, I mean, every, every visit from now on for Arch should be uh, top of the line or that family is not going to be back. So I think, I think it, a lot of people run with, and they went on this visit. Oh, well, they're the leader. That's not the type of family this this, this Manny fan is. You know, a lot of that's a lot of fans talking, a lot of people talking. I still like the difference said. between uh, Arch Manning and Walter Nolan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Walter Nolan. I mean, there were seventy two different schools that led for him, and it just, <laughs> uh, you know. But anyways, but but I, I think you know with Arch, I still like where Georgia stands. I, I like their relationships there. I like the. Like we've, we've talked about the college experience. We've talked about uh, he, he likes the scheme. He likes Munkin. He likes who he's going to be working with, with Buster Faulkner. Um, just a lot of things in Georgia's favor, and, and it's been there since day one. All of that's been there since day one, and, and that's the reason why Georgia's, you know, kind of stood pat right there at the top group. And I, and I think right now uh, I, I, I like where Georgia stands. Yeah, Derek Holmes on YouTube asked us. He said, "What about Jalen Walker uh, in terms of the impact guys for the rookies?" Yeah, yeah, that the reason I think Jalen gets overlooked is because those redshirt freshmen, I guess, or like, they're not redshirt; they're sophomores. they're sophomores. They're sophomores, but those sophomore group, uh, you know, Munden, Dumas Johnson, and Sorry are just going to take up so much of that space there early on. And Jalen, Jalen, I'll say this. There's nobody that's more mature and more ready for the the college 
life to be thrown at him than Jalen Walker. His dad's a, a, a college football coach. He's grown up around it his entire life. It's just, you know, making that jump from high school to, to uh, college and, and the SEC level in terms of playing the game. And I think everybody has to make that adjustment and those three linebackers ahead of him have already, you know, had the opportunity to do so. So uh, I think that would be the only thing hindering him. What's our next question here? Uh, Jed, we got one from Big Dog. It says, do you anticipate class of 23 running back Richard Young to be on the commit list at UGA or elsewhere? I would certainly think he'd commit somewhere at some point. Uh, and then it says, what top receiver um, is Georgia currently recruiting that we feel good about joining in the class of 23? All right, let's start with the receiver question first. Um, I think that two guys that – Georgia really should should feel the best about currently in terms of wide receiver probably Hakeem Williams and Bryson Rogers uh, those I think Bryson Rogers I think it's down to two or three for him Alabama Ohio State Georgia he's planning on committing in the next couple of months so right there it's okay how does the official go because you know he'll be back for an official so what what's Georgia you gotta like Georgia when it comes to on-campus recruiting as much as anybody that's a guy out of, out of the Tampa area that that's long that's rangy uh you know has the ability to to separate um and I think you know Fran Brown actually who's on the other side of the ball did some really good stuff uh in there with a late night visit with him um when he when he came up so I think Bryson Rogers is a guy that you got to look at uh, at wide receiver. Um, but the the first part of that question there with Richard Young, I mean, Jed, you know, we were talking about it before we came on air. I think the running back position has kind of been in flux for Georgia in this class with the one consistent being just Saints. Yeah, it, it's been a little bit of the uh, uh, a flavor of the month kind of thing because it was it was Ruben Owens for a while, and then Georgia was was back in there with Trayon Webb for a while. And now it seems like it's Richard Young. You know, he visited, I believe it was last weekend. He brought his family, brought his girlfriend. Um, and he's he's a little bit more that big, you know, I think we actually were talking about this last week playing. He's got like that Derrick Henry physique. He's tall. He, he's obviously well built. Um, so I, I think Georgia would take both. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Why would you not take Justice Haynes and, and Richard Young, right? That's, that's two of the best running backs in the nation. But you know, Richard Young, there's Alabama. We were talking about this. It, was, it seemed like it's been Alabama and Ohio State uh, ahead of Georgia a lot of this time, and now all of a sudden. And USC, too, even yeah. trying to get in. Yeah, so it's it's all a matter of is this just a post-visit high that, that we're kind of sensing with Richard Young right now, or did Georgia really sort of have a breakthrough here, and will they be able to get him back on campus and continue all this momentum in his recruitment? Trent? Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think a, a big part of it is – after after Kenny McIntosh and after Kendall Milton, you you don't really have anybody that's really. Yep. I mean, you you can kind of preach that early play, playing time uh, coming mm-hmm. up in that class, because uh, you think Kendall Milton, if if he has a good year, he probably hits the NFL. Then you got Kenny McIntosh, who's I mean was excellent last year. He could probably be in that more of a James Cook role this year. Um, yeah, I think you, you you're selling. Uh, coming in and sharing those carries right off the bat, and uh, and th- for running backs, you know, talking about Georgia, yeah, they're more fifty fifty in the offense, but they're still running back. You, they're still putting running backs in the NFL uh, consistently year after year, and uh, you know that that kind of and and Dale McGee is one of the top recruiters in the country. So I think with with 
with that being the case, that's what that's what's kind of pushed Georgia with with Richard uh, Young right now. And uh, you know, I'm not going to say I, I'm going to see him on the on the commit list right now because it's April and uh, it's long a long time till uh, then. But uh, I do like where you know Georgia has made a move here and uh, that they're amongst the amongst the big boys for to, to land them. Yeah, and you know the thing about Georgia that's so attractive to a lot of these running backs is that Del McGee uses these running backs in the similar fashion to how the NFL uses them now. I mean, even even Nick Chubb, who you know, Jed, you're a Cleveland Browns guy. He's he's probably <laughs> it's hard it's hard life, isn't it, man? <laughs> but uh, he he's he's maybe the the best running back. You know, him Derek Henry when Henry's healthy in the NFL in uh, he still shares the load, you know, with 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 two or three backs there. I mean, that's just how that's just how it goes in the NFL. So, Georgia's going to keep those guys fresh. A lot of tread on the tires for the next level. I mean, it's going to be really. You talked about the draft earlier, Trent. It's going to be really impressive if Zamir White with his four four flat forty ends up pushing himself to a late second, early third round pick, which is, some people are saying, and that's after two ACLs. So, you know, that, that could be that could be this one of the stories of the draft and even more impressive for some guys to look at than Georgia landing, you know, five first round picks. Uh, just so it just depends on what people are looking for. But that's definitely something to keep in mind there. I also and, think uh, James Cook fits the NFL perfectly. And, you know, a, a lot of people talked about over his career of his under usage at, at as a ball carrier, but he kind of fits perfectly and and him him being that kind of uh, rotational role player and if georgia can push him up in the you know top three rounds that would be uh i mean it, just coming from a guy who's just you know can, can do it all at running back i think he kind of fits that mold of uh the the nfl running back style these days gotta love a good hypothetical and we have one here from martin aradano uh, another question for us, Trent. It, you were you were around for Brian Brzee's uh, recruitment. So who's who's better in twenty twenty two? Is it has a better twenty two? Jalen Carter or Brian Brzee? I mean, stats wise, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say Brzee probably has the better stats because of the style of uh, play that he is. Uh, but I think Jalen Carter will be on the better team, and I think he'll have a. I mean, I, I think Jalen Carter. Both of them are going to go high in the draft. I mean, I think both of them are uh, first-round picks. But I would say probably Breesy has the better stats because of the way they're just uh, used, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, a lot of people you see post regularly from whether it's PFF or whether it's the Pro Football Network or whoever's doing draft coverage, they say, you know, Georgia's going to have a unprecedented number of guys drafted and their best player didn't even come out this year. And they're talking about Jalen Carter. Um, so Jalen Carter is a guy that a lot of people see as being a potential number one overall pick. I mean, that's, that's how, that's how good, good he is. And Georgia could end up potentially having back to back because there's still buzz out there that Trayvon Walker could go number one. And, and how crazy would that be? You talk about a recruiting pitch. You can say, this guy didn't even start for us most of the time, and he's the number one overall pick in the in the draft. I mean, before the Adam Anderson situation and everything, Trayvon was you know kind of mixing in there. It, 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 he he got to play a lot more later on, but he's a guy that covered kickoffs mostly for the first two years, and then was really productive uh, this past year for for Georgia in the 
run to the national championship and now could go number one overall. I mean, Trent, that's a pretty strong pitch to go into somebody's living room with. Yeah. I mean, and, and talk about tread on the tires. You I mean, it, it, they do that with the defense line too. They try to rotate the guys. And I know Trayvon took on a bigger role after Adam le- left just from a pure uh, pass wrestling situation, him and Tyndall and those guys. Um, but I mean, that's, uh, he was always an athletic dude. I mean, he, he was always uh, – at times you, you might have thought he was a little undersized being a 3-4 defense. But then, you know, he, he kind of fit the fourth – I think I think he's going to be uh, a 4-3 just uh, wreck uh, as a defensive end uh, at the NFL. And, uh, yeah, he's – he's if, if he goes number one, you're definitely going to hear some loud noises out of Athens that night from the recruiting trail. Oh yeah, it'll be like if Georgia doesn't have a camera on on Kirby Smart. I get I I don't know. I, maybe Kirby Smart would be in Las Vegas, but if they don't have a camera on him for social media purposes, like Sam Pittman did on himself when he knew he was going to Arkansas, that that's a total mis uh, miscalculation uh, there by by the the social media team. But Georgia's social media team typically pretty savvy so i'm sure there'll be something lined up there um guys we'll have it we'll take a couple more questions on youtube if you got any so submit those but while we're waiting on those to come in jed go ahead and tell these guys i know you're working on a little something uh with 2023 offensive tackles what can they expect uh coming up on the on the vault here soon so who's gonna be on the the commit list (laughs) who's signing with georgia oh god uh that's 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 for next week um yeah, we got by request on the board. I, I'm sorry, I forget who requested it, but someone asked uh, who, uh, like a 23 offensive tackle hot board, so that'll be running tomorrow morning. Um, we got there's some guys visiting Athens tomorrow. Um, I believe Richardson, four star, will be in Athens tomorrow, so I have stories didn't on KJ, that. DJ Lagway, uh, four star, 24 quarterback. Didn't KJ Bolden uh, visiting to, uh, tomorrow as well, or Thursday? Thursday. 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 Yeah, that's, and- that, that's a name, guys, that in the class of 2024 and 2025, there's there's three or four Buford guys that mm-hmm. are really like, you know, most of the time with Buford and Grayson, it's traditionally been, okay, Georgia, you know, kind of does a little dance with those guys and, and says, you know, it changes pleasantries. They may come on a visit, but – Georgia's heavily involved in the recruitments of King Joseph Edwards, of of KJ Bolden, of uh, uh, Edric Houston. There, those are all three guys in that class of 2024 that legitimately could end up at the University of Georgia, and I would even call Georgia the leader for at least two out of those three right now. Their 24 guys are way better than their 22 guys this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when we watch those games at Buford this fall, I mean, how many times did we go there looking to either watch somebody Buford was playing or or you know, there was Isaiah Bond back when well, there was smoke with Georgia with him and KJ Bolden looks like the best player on the field by far on a team that, you know, won the state championship, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, you know, like you mentioned, there was, there was Jake Pope there, there was Isaiah Bond there, but when you go to watch Buford, you saw two guys come out on the field and it was, it was KJ Bolden and it was Edric Houston. Those guys showed up and now they've added King Joseph Edwards to that squad. Um, so that'll be something interesting to watch as well. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely a lot to keep up with. That's why you need to subscribe to this YouTube channel so you catch us every Monday night live. And also, you got Roddy uh, with Dan Young and and the the 
star of that show, Jim Donning, uh, tomorrow will be on there. I don't know if they're going uh, tomorrow at 12 or um, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, so make sure to hit your notifications button as well when you do the subscribe uh, because that will notify you every time that we go live. We have this show, the full replay on the podcast version, so just uh, UGA Sports, uh, search that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your audio version. If you want to listen while you're uh, at work or cutting the grass or whatever you want to do to, to, to you know catch up on some Georgia football recruiting, we'd appreciate that as well. So hit that like button for us if you're in here. And if uh, no other questions on YouTube, which I don't see any more for right now, so we're going to go ahead and sign off for Jed May and for Trent Smallwood. I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you next time on Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts.